All right, guys. Minute Mateo, welcome back. Today is the day. We are talking about Darrow today. And we've talked about Darrow in passing uh, a little bit over the last few months. And we haven't really dug too much into the detail in regards to what Darrow is. A lot of you have asked me in private messages about this stuff. Uh, you've wanted to get a report. And I said that I was going to do a Darrow report for the patrons, but there's just so much here. Um, and there are already good reports on it out there that I don't want to just make my own report and get it out there. I'll come up with something else to do, but I just want to give it a brief overview today in this video just to help get the word out and just to uh, spark some conversation about this interesting project because I think the potential for private smart contracts is going to be absolutely enormous going into the future. And smart contract technology, it's relatively new. Um, but the fact that they're public smart contracts where everyone can see what's going on and everything is very tracked and traced as we're about to get to, I mean, you think that Bitcoin isn't private, which we've talked about here on the channel. Wow. Ethereum is like super, super duper, not private. I mean, just, they don't use the UTXO, uh, system. They use an actual, like basically accounting system and everything can be seen on the Ethereum blockchain. Like you have no idea. And I'll have you guys harken back to, you know, the, uh, DeFi hack, the Poly Network hack. We made a video on that a couple months ago. But yeah, I mean, they shut this guy's Ethereum account down, basically. I mean, they basically said, oh, your funds are frozen. You can't move this Ethereum anywhere. And so if that can happen to that guy, it can happen to any of us. And that does not make me feel comfortable at all. So private smart contracts are going to be very, very important. And we'll get into more reasons as to why that's the case. And uh, I, I do want to talk more about this subject because we talk all the time about the encroaching uh, financial surveillance that is taking place, not only in the United States, but all across the world. And we've made videos on that. Go check it out. But private crypto is going to be huge. It's going to be absolutely huge. And right now, the entire private crypto market comprises of like $10 billion. I mean, it's nothing. It's goofy. Uh, it's just insane, the fact that you have $2.5 trillion in public blockchains, public cryptocurrencies, which, by the way, if it's not fungible, which means it's not private on the base layer, then it's not a currency. It's not a viable currency because different units of value can be valued differently, which messes up the whole accounting uh, metric, right? It messes up the accounting system, which is what these cryptos are ultimately supposed to be. It's just supposed to be a methodology by which we exchange value with each other. And if it's not fungible, that is to say it's not private, then it's not like legit, in my opinion. So uh, that is just a way to start this off. So let's just go ahead and get into the content, guys. I've got a lot of tabs pulled up. And let me just start off by saying, if I say anything incorrectly here, uh, we're probably going to have some tech whizzes watching this video. Just correct me, leave a comment. I'd like to learn from you. I'm sure some Darrow boys, some Darrow bros are going to have some things to say about what we talk about here please feel free to go into more detail, critique what I say. Uh, I've been looking into this in detail over the last couple of days. The tech is kind of blowing my mind. Like I'm having, you know, brain blasts all over the place. But yeah, just, uh, you know, feel free to add on to the discussion. And also feel free, if you're new to the channel, to check out our social media links below in the description, uh, the donation addresses as well for all the lovely private cryptos. And thank you for everyone else who's continuing to support the channel. I see you. I see the donations coming in. And I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Patreon and all that stuff is pretty cool too. So anyways, let's go ahead and get into this, guys. The Darrow Project, the world's fastest 
anonymous blockchain. Uh, Darrow is the first crypto project to combine a proof-of-work blockchain with a DAG block structure, and we'll get to that, and wholly anonymous transactions. The fully distributed ledger processes transactions with a 27 average block time and is secure against a majority hash rate attack. So we'll get to this, the majority hash rate attack. Some people have questions about that because they're switching from having tail emission, which is part of the original crypto note protocol, which they forked out of originally, and then they rewrote everything from scratch using, I believe, Golang, uh, which is their language, uh, which is a secure language, as far as they say. And they make the claim that hash rate attacks are not as big of an issue to Darrow because it integrates the DAG block structure, um, as far as I understand how that works. And they have side blocks, which branch off from the blocks, it's pretty heady stuff, uh, but basically they make the claim that even if you don't have a lot of miners which are incentivized to mine this thing uh, because they're not receiving adequate rewards, because the uh, Darrow has all been mined, uh, that is very much hedged by the mining algorithms that they use, which is Astro BWT and the DAG block structure and the side blocks, which they have. Again, we'll get into that it, if I sound like I know what I'm talking about with this stuff, just know that uh, to some degree I'm trying to read Braille here. <laughs> it's just kind of heady. Uh, but we'll get to it. The fully distributed ledger process. Yeah, we just read that. Dare will be the first crypto note blockchain to have smart contracts on its native chain without any extra layers or secondary blockchains, which is key. No layer two funny stuff, which is comforting. And so, yeah, created from scratch using the Golang language. Uh, they, it's being actively developed by original developers. And I asked in the Discord, which, by the way, I thank you guys for wel welcoming me to the Discord. You guys have been welcoming and uh, liberal with the information. So uh, from what I understand, uh, the developers have like over a dozen years of cryptography experience. So they know what they're doing. Uh, and as far as we know, there are at least three developers working on this project. Now, all of them use the same alias in the Discord, so it could be more than three as far as we know, but that's what they say. At least three developers are working on this, um, and they've been working pretty diligently for a few years now. So the new decentralized DAG blockchain. And it's rather interesting to have DAG and blockchain proof of work put together. That's pretty novel as far as I could tell. And we'll get to IOTA, which uses just the DAG blockchain, which opens it up to, uh, or it uses just DAG, uh, I guess we should say. But it opens it up to uh, infrastructure centralization, right? And that being integrated into blockchain makes it a little bit more decentralized. It's crazy what they've done. I mean, we'll get to it. Developed from scratch to support millions of users with enhanced reliability, privacy, security, and usability. No one can see your balances. Key. And transactions accept you on the Darrow blockchain, which is so important, guys. I mean, we've talked about that on the channel. It's going to be so important. You do not want everybody out there seeing how much wealth you have on your wallet, on your address, okay? That's crazy to me. More people are going to figure out how crazy that is, especially with the rollout of the global tax system, which we've talked about, which is going to be very austere. And um, just the lawlessness which is taking place and the governments that are getting more indebted, they're going to want to suck more wealth out of you. And as we're about to get to, they're going to set up these uh, tax codes. They're going to integrate... Uh, tax law and the 
code and make that interoperable with public smart contract technology, which means that your wealth is literally going to be sucked out of your dealings with other people through the smart contracts. Uh, so just, again, this is going to be very key. Secure private smart contracts. The goal of the Darrow Project is a blockchain network that can serve businesses and individuals around the globe, allowing for secure, fast, and anonymous transactions and smart contract execution. Darrow is the industry leader with innovation and features DAG, Darrow DAG technology, bulletproofs, and a TLS encrypted network. And this is really interesting as far as the private smart contracts go, because understand these contracts, as far as what I've read, can be both public and private, uh, which is important for businesses that want to maybe have more transparency for their smart contracts um, and those that maybe don't. Right, you get that optionality. And contrary to what a lot of people think about a lot of these private crypto projects, you can opt into regulation. You can opt in to transparency, which is the case for Monero and Pirate Chain. You have view and spend keys, which makes what goes on on the blockchain, at least in regards to your dealings, auditable. And that is very, very important. And that's why Arctic Mind said that Monero is like one of the most regulatory resistant coins out there. Uh, there's no pre-mon, there's no uh, developer tax, it's all voluntarily funded, and you can opt into regulation with the view and spend keys. Very, very important stuff. So that's great to see that this can be public and private. Arrow here, we talked about that. Fast transactions, technology leader, privacy by design. 51% hash rate attack immune. And we'll get to the bulletproofs here. They have something called rocket bulletproofs, which is pretty rocking. But something I want to note here, and this is going to set off alarms. This is going to make people run for the hills. But uh, this is something which is part of the project. There is a pre-mine of 2 million Darrow. Now, again, red flags have just waved. Uh, alarm bells have just rung. I understand this. But... Uh, the reality is for projects nowadays, um, it, it's not too terrible to see that pre-mine, but you do want to be careful of that. It depends how the pre-mine is used, okay? So we'll get into more detail about this. As you'll see, it's not currently part of the circulating supply. The speculation is that when they launch Darrow onto the main net, which is currently on the test net, and apparently it's going to be on the main net soon, or at least they're going to announce the ETA for that soon when they're done testing. They're going to deploy this capital in order to make it so that they can get the word out about how great this project is, assuming it's success, and that's going to further, catap further catapult the project forward. And that's what a lot of projects do now. They do pre-mines, uh, they do developers' taxes because that is something to keep up the development of the project. But the main drawback to that I see, remember when we talked Arctic Mine, he was very worried about any projects that have pre-mines or um, developer taxes because that opens it up to a kind of regulatory attack. That indicates that there is a centralized nature to some degree to this. And then that opens it up to being classified as a security and there are other issues with that, according to him. Uh, as far as I understand that, for, as far as I remember that interview properly. And if I'm wrong about that, go check the interview. But I believe that's what he said. Makes sense to me. Uh, when you have a pre-mine amongst a certain set of people working on the project, 
Um, you know, that is not as decentralized and as regulatory resistant uh, as something like Monero when everything is fairly mined, et cetera, from the Genesis block. So just keep a lookout for that. That's something that may be problematic in the future. Um, if the Darrow Bros have a different perspective on this, please let me know in the comments. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, mind you. I mean, that's just what I've heard. So please let me know what you think about this. But right here it says the pre-mine will be used to finance development and marketing. Right. As we mentioned, the network migrated to the innovative new Darrow Atlantis blockchain in 2018, as well as implementing a brand new type of blockchain, DAG. So they talk about Astro BWT. We'll get to that. And proof of work is what they use. Max supply, 18.4 million, followed by an infinite emission rate. Now, they're changing that, as far as I understand. They're changing that. Uh, I wrote it down here. They're moving from tail emission to a cap. And I think they're actually going to move up the cap to like 20 million Darrow or something like that. Um, I should have written that down, but they are moving, as far as I understand, from tail emission to a hard cap. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, but one thing that somebody commented is that one benefit of moving away from tail emission is that it removes concerns regarding infinite emission on a private blockchain and the obscure supply count. Now, this is something that we obviously receive a lot. Uh, being in the Monero, well, how do you audit the supply? It's a private blockchain. Who knows if there's a problem in the code, which is creating an inflation problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. I absolutely get that. Uh, that's one of the trade-offs that you get when it comes to privacy and fungibility, is that you can't really do that kind of entire blockchain audit. You have to rely that the math is correct. And one, way, one of the ways that we uh, rely on that math is through something called Peterson Commitments. And go look that up. We've talked about that before. But that basically makes it so that, yeah, the transactions are private, but the math behind it assures us that there isn't more Monero being created through transactions or through anything going on in the blockchain. Um, to that degree, you do have to trust the developers. Um, and that is something that I've been honest about. I'm not a mathematician, a cryptographer, etc. cetera. Uh, and... <laughs> We've talked about Monero price manipulation in different videos. Go check that out. It may not be there's an inflation bug in the code. It could just be that these exchanges are doing some, sh uh, you know, shenanigans, uh, selling more Monero than they actually have, a lot of naked shorts with, you know, Monero, which is borrowed from who knows who, right? Uh, but we're not going to get into that now. It's about Darrow. But that's just something I want to note. People will see this as being more positive because the cap is limited. People have more confidence that... Uh, uh, they can trust the supply. So it's a psychological thing we're talking about here. I'm not making a technical argument, though. Just wanted to point that out. So this is about the Darrow DAG, and we'll get into that. I just wanted to give you guys an overview of what Darrow was. I wanted to get that pre-mine thing out of the way because I know a lot of people are going to wonder about that. But uh, I wanted to bring you to Darrow's mission statement here. Darrow's mission is a general-purpose, private, and scalable decentralized application platform that allows developers uh, to deploy powerful and unstoppable applications while users retain total control over their assets with complete privacy. 
is our goal to create a sound monetary framework that will globally safeguard the privacy of all users and empower free markets to thrive while maintaining complete auditability. And again, that auditability thing is going to be very important for people who want to get into private blockchains because that's going to be one of the main FUD points, right? Oh, how do you know there isn't more of this and that? How do you know what's going on? It's private, right? How do I trust it? Auditability is psychologically important. So I want to get to uh, making a value proposition, first and foremost, for private smart contracts uh, so that you guys can understand why this is important. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the gain potential because I know that's why some people are here. We got the gain bros. They're all about that cash. Uh, but for us here, we're all about the freedom uh, because your cash doesn't matter if you don't have freedom, fundamentally. Uh, but check this out. This is about Ethereum and its lack of privacy, which is very, very key. Careless users are ruining Ethereum's privacy. And this is from the Coin Desk. Ethereum's account-based model makes it more susceptible to surveillance than some other protocols, and users aren't helping. Yeah, it's the user's fault. It's not the protocol's fault, guys. It's the user's fault. See, the wonderful thing about Monero and the Freedom Coins is that <laughs> idiots like me, and you know, I'm not trying to self-deprecate here, but it's true. When it comes to cryptography and all this stuff, I'm just so low IQ. But look, I can get into this stuff and be completely private. Somebody like me, which is just impossible usually. <laughs> but I don't need to have too much intelligence to use this stuff and to remain private and to remain in a position where my money's fungible and has utility. And so the protocol being powerful should totally outweigh any uh, issues that the user has. Right, I, We shouldn't anticipate the people of the world if we want a blockchain to be adopted by everybody to be made for the elite intelligentsia. Right, It should be used by the average Joe and it should be able to do what it intends to do without um, the need to extensively educate anybody or anything like that. It should be like, cool, plug and play. And that's the great thing about these private cryptos is that you just plug and play your private. So just to get that out of the way, Ethereum is losing its privacy, warns a new paper as careless, quote-unquote, users make linking their addresses to real-world identities easy. Well, bro, I mean, Jack Dorsey's doing that. He wants you to link your Bitcoin address to your Twitter profile. <laughs> so, you know, it, those guys aren't helping much either. But yeah, that's going to be happening. Right, With the disquieting title, Blockchain is Watching You, the paper, a joint publication from researchers over here, argue that governments and private entities are quickly learning how to strip away anonymity from Ethereum. And that's in part because users are making it easy for them. Well, it's a flaw in the blockchain. It's not a flaw on the behalf of the users. Yeah, the users don't know what the hell they're doing with crypto. <laughs> Does this need to be explained? But... Uh, yeah, it's a flaw of the blockchain and the protocol, in my opinion. Careless usage easily reveals links between deposits and withdrawals and also impact the anonymity of other users. Right. And that's the thing about public blockchains. Somebody over here could do something nefarious with their crypto. If you somehow get in contact with that person or their crypto, uh, you could get in trouble. Right. People have had their accounts shut down. People have had their 
cryptos taken by governments and by exchanges because flags have been waved. Hey, this is dirty stuff, right? So, yeah, I mean, it makes everybody at risk when everything could be seen and tracked. Since if a deposit can be linked with a withdrawal, it would no longer belong to the anonymity set. The author's right. So, the researchers, this is key, argue that Ethereum's account-based model makes it more susceptible to surveillance than some other protocols, such as Bitcoin, which is already just unbelievably not private. Uh, as we talk about all the time here on the channel, the lack of financial privacy is detrimental to most cryptocurrency use cases. We do believe if users were using the technology in a sound way or a privacy-focused wallet software uh, would have helped them and abstracted away any potential privacy leaks. Well, look, I mean, the great thing is, if you're wanting to get into privacy, you're going to have that option here. If Darrow succeeds, and I know a lot of people are like, you mean when Darrow succeeds? Okay, well, I'm trying to remain objective here, guys. I'm trying to remain objective. I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for the success. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to have to jump through hoops in order to maintain privacy, why not just go to a private crypto, right? And this is my argument to all the Bitcoin bros. It's just like... Dude, why are you using CoinJoin? Why are you getting all fancy with just sending this stuff back to yourself and like making sure like you're wearing your hood when you're going on the KYC exchanges so nobody sees you? Like, dude, like just get in a Monero. <laughs> just make it easy on yourself. You get rid of that overhead. You get rid of all these inefficiencies intrinsically. And everything is much easier, right? Everything is much, much easier if you just go to Monero. And same thing's going to be the case with Ethereum and Solana. A lot of those people are just going to go over to Dara uh, when they see that it's intrinsically private and you can do the same things that you otherwise could on Ethereum. Uh, this concern isn't new. News organization Decrypt identified a number of Ethereum users by connecting addresses to personal information. Right, And that's a risk. That's a risk. Not only because governments are going to tax the crap out of you, right? But other nefarious actors could see how much wealth you have and then maybe it could be set up for extortion or something like this. It's actually dangerous, guys. Think of this. Everything that's on the blockchain stays there forever. And if it connects with your personal information, it's never going away. Seriously. So, just something to think about. Uh, and so, I just wanted to really go over that. They get a little bit technical here. But uh, this is interesting. This is just something to think about as well. Third parties know when an account is most active allowing them to determine the time of day and infer a user's time zone so they can figure out where you are, bro. Another one is gas prices. Most users rarely change their gas price settings instead of leaving it on the default setting. What this means is that the accounts with adjusted gas prices, and if you don't know what gas is, that's basically like what you use to transact your Ethereum. It's like the uh, fee that you pay. Um, prices become very easily identifiable and can be tracked across the protocol. Yeah, and they talk about hackers doing attacks. Um, yeah, so just there are risks to all this. Not to mention, gas prices are through the roof right now. Like people are spending more on gas than the underlying value that they're transmitting through the Ethereum blockchain. It's insane. Uh, again, another reason why Dara is going to be key. So, yeah, that's just something to note. Ethereum's not private. There are risks to it not being private. Ethereum's significantly less private than Bitcoin, right? And we don't need to go back through this, but, yeah, I mean, that's rather problematic. 
um, means it's not fungible. It means everyone can see what you're doing and the government can see what you're doing. Automating and monitoring transactions with smart contracts. And this is from the BBN Times. <laughs> and some of you will remember we went over this in our AI tax and blockchain video. And uh, we are talking about how they're going to interlink an international tax code with public blockchains and have AI automatically render tax liability or automatically transmit your uh, crypto to the government. So that's coming. But we won't get too much into that. Now, I just want to go back over this because this highlights the necessity for a private smart contract uh, technology. Smart contracts can potentially bring about a much greater change in the way tax is collected by automating the transaction or the taxation process altogether. So read that, guys. Automating the taxation process altogether. Now, again, uh, just want to tell you guys, we're not talking about evading taxes. I'm a tax accountant. I always advise everyone pay their taxes. But just this is what's coming. They're going to automate the taxation process altogether. And we talked about the implications of that in the video. Governments and other regulatory agencies can program smart contracts to act in accordance with state taxation laws. These automated contracts can be programmed with multiple clauses to offer all the possible benefits to entities in the form of tax avoidance and collect revenue as dictated by the taxation laws that are in effect in that period. This means neither the government nor the taxpayers will need to keep track of their finances and tax liabilities. Right, so they're just going to literally like steal your money as frequently as you breathe the air. <laughs> like your wealth is just going to be sucked out of you through AI automated programs <laughs> through the government. And as we talk about all the time, like we're going into this like, you know, global communistic uh, socialist environment. And so if you're not paying attention to the changes in the tax law, I mean, you could just be paying so much tax and you wouldn't even realize what's going on. So just to note, and as the smart contract informed by the blockchain will automatically deduct the due amount from the taxpayer's accounts. Even refunds and returns, in case of any, can be processed as per government policies automatically without the taxpayer having to go through convoluted procedures. So just note that, guys. Just note that smart contracts can be used to automatically process all kinds of tax payments from VAT, sales tax, corporate tax, etc. Right, and they're going to sell this as being... Less hassle, efficient collection processes. We're making your life easy, aren't we? While we extort you for all that you own, right? So, yeah, that is what's coming, guys. Just understand, again, the use case for stuff like this. And this is an interesting uh, thing by CoinGecko. Top smart contract platform coins by market cap. In the entire market cap, guys, $741 billion dollars. What's the market cap of Darrow? And mind you, like none of these are private smart contracts. Now, you see the secret network in here, but we'll talk about that in another video. I like to get exposure to the secret network with just Monero uh, because it's going to be Monero, which for the most part makes that secret, quote unquote, makes it private uh, because the secret network is proof of stake. And as far as I understand, there are issues in regards to privacy intrinsically with proof of stake. I could be wrong about that. Let me know what you think. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine Dara is going to be intrinsically more private 
uh, from what I understand about the tech. doesn't mean I don't like what secret the secret network is doing, but uh, a lot of the people are going to collateralize the DeFi that they're doing on there with Monero. They're going to use Monero for a lot of those uh, yield farming procedures and everything like that over there. So 741 billion, what's the market cap of Dara today? 198 million, right? 198 million, just so you can get a perspective. Uh, and I don't even think they have Darrow in here, which is just amazing. You have all these random coins I've never heard of. Uh, but yeah, Darrow, 198 million smart contract platform coins, 741 billion, just so that you can get a perspective. And so, uh, privacy coins by market cap, 15 billion, up 2% today. Rock on, guys. Good work. But yeah, a lot of room to run there. And again, I don't even know how secret some of these are. Digibyte, bruh, uh, Verge, really? Fire, I've heard more about. Let me know what you guys think about Fire. I've heard some interesting things about Fire. I'd like to know what you guys think about that. But yeah, I haven't heard about these. Xano is pretty interesting. I like Xano. PIVX, is there stuff going on with that? Anyways, let's get back to Darrow. I just wanted to give you guys the value proposition of that real quick so you can kind of understand why this is important. So the Darrow DAG, we brushed over this a little bit before. Darrow Atlantis combines the crypto note protocol, which is what Monero is based on, by the way, with direct acrylic graph and bulletproofs. Darrow DAG implementation builds out a main chain from the DAG network of blocks, which refers to main blocks. 100% reward and side blocks, 8% rewards. That's what we were talking about with the side blocks. Side blocks contribute to chain proof-of-work security, and thus traditional 51% attacks are not possible on the Darrow network. They straight up say it's impossible here, the traditional 51% attacks. Now, are they going to come up with non-traditional 51% attacks? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what they say. That's what their claim is. Because of the DAG network and these side blocks, which to me seems rather novel, uh, the 51% attacks are not possible, which is why they're changing from tail emission, from what I understand, to a hard cap. Uh, because they don't, like, the 51% attack is less likely to happen whether or not there is a high or low amount of hash rate. Does that make sense? So that's the reason as far as I understand. If you want to critique me, Darrow Bros, if I'm missing something, let me know. But that's what I've been able to glean. If Darrow Network finds another block at the same height, instead of choosing one, Darrow includes both blocks, thus rendering the 51% attack futile. All right, so that's pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Traditional blockchains process blocks as single unit of computation you guys may need to get a editor on this website as single unit of computation if a double spend transaction occurs within a block entire block is rejected <laughs> this sounds like it was written by a russian uh, if it occurs in block entire block rejected uh however darrow network accepts such blocks since darrow blockchain considers transaction as a single unit of computation Darrow blocks may contain duplicate or double spend transactions, which are filtered by client protocol and are ignored by the network. Darrow DAG process transactions automatically one transaction at a time. So from what I understand, um, the way transactions are facilitated are completely different for the most part than uh, 
a traditional blockchain where transactions are included in a block and then that block is mined and then the transactions go through. For this, just like, cool, transaction, cool, transaction. Does that make sense? As far as I understand that. So pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. And if you want to know more about Darrow DAG and the technology behind that, check this out. We're going to check out IOTA a little bit because this is the notorious crypto. I'm not going to call it a blockchain because it's not. That uses the DAG. And that's part of their Tangle stuff. Uh, the Tangle is the moniker used to describe IOTA's DAG based on transaction settlement and data integrity layer focused on the Internet of Things. So as we talked about, the Tangle is essentially a string of individual transactions that are interlinked to each other and stored through a decentralized network of node participants. So it's transaction by transaction by transaction rather than bulk transactions being included in a block and then that block being uploaded to the blockchain, right? Um, and because of this, I believe that they avoid orphan blocks as far as my research was able to determine. Right, so right here, you'll see some of the specs. 27 second block time, 45 or 4.5 minute confirmation time, DAG blockchain, and again, no orphan blocks, which is important, which means as far as I could tell, it's more efficient because when you have orphan blocks, uh, it like some transactions need to then be included in the next block, which is part of the blockchain. It's just more inefficient. So let's read a little bit more about orphan blocks so you can understand the importance of that. Um, so there will be some blocks which are created but not accepted by the blockchain network. These are called orphan blocks. Orphan blocks are verified and valid blocks, but not accepted by the blockchain due to a time lag in the acceptance of the block. So they're valid blocks. They're just not accepted due to a time lag. So due to an intrinsic inefficiency to the proof of work blockchain. And so because DAG is incorporated into that proof of work structure and it's transaction by transaction by transaction, um, there is that extra layer of efficiency from what I understand. And again, edit me if I'm saying anything correct here. I'm just trying to give you my best perspective as to what I'm talking about uh, and what I'm saying. They will remain as detached blocks in the cryptocurrency network. So this happens when two miners produce a similar block at the same time. And so one gets into the blockchain network from what I read, if it has higher proof of work than the other block. But those transactions get included into the next block. The leftover block, which has completely smaller proof or comparatively smaller proof of work, will be orphaned or detached. Even though it is a valid and verified block, it will not be added. Orphan blocks are commonly found in the cryptocurrency network. And if there are any valid transactions in the orphan block, they will be added to the next valid block, and thus those transactions get listed to the blockchain. So, again, it's just an inefficiency which Dara seems to solve with their protocol here. No orphan blocks, which means more efficient, which is good. No soft forks, and, and we'll get to some of these other ones here later, but again, you'll see ring signatures down here, which is what Monero uses. Um, that includes like having your transaction in a bundle of other transactions that are like decoys. And so uh, 
that is part of the crypto note underlying technology, which is what Dara was originally based off. So they, they have ring signatures. And some of the transactions that I saw on the blockchain when I was doing research, they had like five to seven uh, for their ring size. Now, Monero has about an 11 uh, ring size. And so on that level, Monero is more private. But then again, this does homomorphic encryption, which is another thing that we're going to get to here. But they have five to seven rings, which is okay. Um, that's on the base layer, which is good. So that's something to note. Ba -ba 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 -ba. We talked about Orphan Block. And IOTA is bringing smart contracts with zero fees. So IOTA is also a smart contract technology. And again, they're using the DAG structure. So there is some precedent for this to work and to work rather cheaply, right? Zero fees. And I imagine some of that is due to their DAG structure. Now, that brings into account centralization as far as what I've read. But, uh, oh, well, what's interesting is they're launching smart contracts on top of IOTA. And smart contracts for Darrow is going to be part of the layer one. It's going to be intrinsic in the base layer, which is going to be even better, right? So they have a DAG on the base layer of IOTA, but then they're going to have a blockchain network on top of that to utilize and execute smart contracts. And they're leveraging the base layer which is IOTA. So again, Dara just sounds better. Forget about that. <laughs> so let's go back to this to read more about this. Now to go on to the bulletproofs. Uh, 10 times faster than regular bulletproofs. They're rocket bulletproofs. Rocket power, dude. Rocket bulletproofs. While a typical bulletproof takes approximately 15 milliseconds to verify, Dara's rocket bulletproofs take approximately 1.5 milliseconds. So 10 times faster than typical bulletproofs, which is amazing. Bulletproofs are a cryptographic technique that reduce the space needed for zero knowledge range proofs in anonymous transactions. So the transactions are made smaller through bulletproofs, which means as the blockchain grows, it's not going to be as much of a burden on node operators which need to download the entire blockchain. And it's not going to be as much of a burden on miners. Um, if that makes sense. So the fact that the transactions are smaller is going to save space. It's probably going to make them faster too. And so that's good. In anonymous transactions, the exact amounts are hidden. But the network still has to make sure that the transaction is valid. And that means that no coins are generated out of thin air. For this, commitments to values are used in anonymous transactions. The most important one is the Peterson commitment, which we talked about before. So they use Peterson commitments. That's great, uh, which proves that the output of a transaction are not larger than the inputs. Right, so the math checks out, and even though you can't see the amounts that are being transacted, because that Peterson commitment is intrinsic into the code, you can trust that there's no extra coins being made out of thin air. Right, It's sort of like, uh, what's that, community property or something like that? You remember like fourth grade math? Because A plus B equals C, uh, B plus A equals C. 
Right, you know what I mean? So, like, I guess I'm just ex- explaining math to you. <laughs> Anyways, however, there is a method to fool the Peterson commitment by using very large numbers for the transaction outputs that lead to overflowing. To avoid this, range proofs are used, which prove that the outputs lie within a certain range of values. Okay. I accept. <laughs> Whatever that means. It sounds great. Uh, but not only the size... So they get into the details here. Uh, again, the blockchain size is reduced, like we talked about, because of these bulletproofs, uh, which is great. But not only the size, but the speed of the verification of the proof is important as transactions are processed by the network. For this, the Dara team studied the existing bulletproof implementations and managed to increase the performance by a factor of 10. So big developments going on here. They seem to be just on the cutting edge of computer science and crypto, like not to mention what they're working on here. Uh, I mean, this is just really good work. So that's going on. Uh, TLS secured P2P network. Now, I'll let you guys look into this. A lot of this stuff just went over my head. If you're part of the Darrow community and you want to help us understand TLS secured P2P network, let us know. Uh, but... I'm not going to be able to make any meaningful uh, claims about this and what this means. Uh, I'll read it for you so that you can understand what they're talking about or so that you can hear what they're talking about. As far as understanding it, you're going to have to go to that. The Darrow Project is building a blockchain network that will be used by thousands of businesses across the globe. Sounds great. Therefore, the security of the network is the highest importance on their hierarchy. Unencrypted Communication via HTTP poses a risk for privacy, security, and integrity of the network participants. So, Dara is the first blockchain project to use TLS encryption for its network communication, which protects the network participants from eavesdropping and tampering of network data. So, it's great. It sounds like there isn't much leakage in the network. Um, sounds like the data is just secure on the network. Right? So... That is great. The Dara team also keeps a future large-scale applications or keeps future large-scale applications in mind, e.g. enterprise servers, which handle thousands of clients per second. So, I mean, they're keeping everything into account here. They're already thinking big. They're already thinking that big corporations and big companies around the world are going to uh, like adopt the Darrow, uh protocol, and they're accounting for that in their developments here. So this is great. Very good. Very good. So this is the roadmap here. If you want to check that out. Next thing on the roadmap is just the launch of the mainnet, which is planned for Q3 2021, which is what we're in. So we should anticipate that here somewhat soon. But they're still testing right now. And I asked them, I'm like, hey, when's this coming out? And they said, uh, well, we have to finish the testing first, and then we'll let you know. So that's basically what they said. So, what else do I want to get to here? I've written down a bunch of stuff. So, as for the smart contracts here, I just want to make a quick note on this. I wrote down this entire thing, and I'm barely reading it. Um, So, the smart contracts, the tokens of value in the smart contracts are kept entirely hidden. The code of the smart contract itself remains public, which allows for audit and scrutiny. Integrity is kept in track. So that's good. So the underlying values of the smart contract are private 
and presumably those who are engaging with the smart contract are kept private, but you can audit the contract itself, which to me sounds awesome, which to me sounds very, very important. So, yeah, yeah, that that's great. Uh, Monero also uses bulletproofs, so we're familiar with the goodness that brings. So let's just go ahead and go to Astro BWT so that we can talk about the mining of this, which is, again, I'm not a miner guy, just being honest with you guys. I've never mined a crypto in my life. I don't have the tech to do that, but it sounds cool. It sounds like a way to make some cash, which is great. And I, according to these guys, you can mine Dare with your phone because of this uh, rather innovative technology with which to mine Darrow, which is ASICs resistant. Monero Bros are going to love that. But uh, let's talk about the mining here. So they tell us to watch a video. We're not watching a video. Where is I at? Okay, so yeah, this is Astro BWT. This is on GitHub, which I'm never on. I'm not smart enough to be here. This is like an alien spaceship to me, but check it out. This is them trying to explain the Astro BWT protocol uh, for mining. So check it out. Astro BWT is based on mathematical proofs and research, unlike many other CPU mining algos. All current mining algorithms are static. To explain more simply, all current cryptocurrency mining algorithms follow data-dependent branches, loops, or conditions. So... You're going to have to explain that even more simply for somebody like me. I'm not sure what that means. Um, Darrow also built out a random X implementation in Golang that has been discarded for use, but open source to the public, random X and Golang. So they start with random X, which is what Monero now uses, but they went to Astro BWT. Astro BWT, as the name implies, has BWT at its core. BWT has been in research for the last three decades in Numerous optimization attempts of GPU, FPGA have taken place. Um, yeah, they're talking about smart stuff here. However, all known implementations to this date could not deliver an improvement even twice that of CPUs. Um, yeah, and so they're talking about information theory and compression domains. I can't give you any reasonable analysis of that. But here we go. This is what I want to get to. In the coming months or years that Astro BWT is optimized or shown to have significant performance boosts on FPGA, ASICs, or GPUs, there would be a benefit for everyone. Such an advancement could even trigger the next revolution in bioinformatics, signal processing, DNA sequencing, and other numerous domains where BWT is used. So Astro BWT will not only serve as an ASIC, FPGA, and GPU-resistant algorithm, but it will also succeed in helping scientific research if it is optimized for these things. So again, these guys are like on the cutting edge of computer science, bioinformatics, signal processing, and DNA sequencing. So these guys ain't dumb, bruh. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, but importantly, just to get to what I understand, yes, ASIC and GPU resistant, which means everyone can mine it. It's an egalitarian mining protocol. Um, and it's not going to be prone to centralization, and it's not going to be just for the big corporations, which is kind of like what Bitcoin's turning into now. So that is good. Very, very good. Now, 
uh, I want to talk about homomorphic encryption. Let's see. I've written down some notes on this as well. This is quite something interesting. The homomorphic encryption. So, let's check it out. Let's go into this. And I think they had something on their page here talking about homomorphic encryption. Uh, somewhere. Yeah, egalitarian proof of work, Darrow Mining. I should have just read this. Probably simpler for us uh, crypto peons to understand. So, uh, we are able to reduce performance advantage of specialized hardware and fairly distribute mining rewards, like we said. So, egalitarian proof of work, great. Check. Um, exchanges, you can get on KuCoin Tradeogre. Don't you guys have something on homomorphic encryption here? Maybe I'm missing it. Uh, yeah, you briefly mentioned it, I think, but check it out. Let's just go to this article right here. This guy talks about it. Fully homomorphic encryption developed by Darrow. This is from Mark Hunter, written a year ago before the big run-up. Good for you, Mark. And this is on fullycrypto.com. And this, by the way, this IOTA article is Block Onomi. just want to make sure I source properly. This uh, Orphan Block article, Tutorials Point. So, yeah. Fully homomorphic encryption is something of a holy grail for cloud network engineers, but Darrow claims to have achieved it. Fully homomorphic encryption allows encrypted files to be accessed without it being decrypted first. Uh, the technology could revolutionize smart contracts and potentially interest major public clients with millions of dollars, right? Uh, blockchain developer Darrow claims to have created this to work within smart contracts, potentially ushering in a new era of blockchain security. And it's amazing, like this article was written a year ago when Darrow had a market cap of like $50 million. And everyone was just piling into Ethereum. Meanwhile, this dude is on the scene telling everybody, hey, this is going to like potentially usher in a new era of blockchain security. Thanks for letting us know, Mark. Thanks for really uh, bullhorning us on the rooftops. Wish I found this sooner. The technology, which has become more and more sought after, with the increased use of cloud networking has the potential to revolutionize the security operations within the cloud and now the blockchain, potentially bring it to the interest of governments and other public bodies who value heightened security. So this guy explains it. What is fully homomorphic encryption? Why do I have a problem with this word, bruh? Homomorphic encryption. In a nutshell, fully homomorphic encryption is a form of encryption that allows encrypted data to remain so while it is being processed and manipulated. This means that selected data held within encrypted files can still be processed without the need to reveal all values in the file. So, basically, it allows you to get the value from the file without having to decrypt it for everyone to see. This is unlike all other forms of encryption where a processor needs to decrypt the entire file in order to access any of its data. So if you have the private keys, which we in crypto are familiar with, then you can access the data without compromising any of the data is basically what that means. Let me just read this again so I can grasp this. Uh, 
encrypted data to remain so while it's being processed and manipulated. So you can actually fudge the data and you can change the data without having to decrypt it, which means that if you're like in a smart contract, maybe the parameters are changing, maybe uh, there are different uh, steps to the contract which are being completed in real time, you don't have to change uh, the encryption. The encryption can still remain intact. Meanwhile, the underlying information can be changed in accordance with what's happening regarding the fulfillment of the contract. Does that make sense? So that's my best guess as to the implications of that for Darrow. Again, tech-savvy people, please comment on this video and let us know more. Only those with private keys matching those of the file owner can access the data according, affording an extra level of security, which is particularly useful for files stored on third-party server as in cloud computing. <sighs> Employing the homomorphic encryption prevents both malicious actors and non-cleared employees of cloud service providers from accessing private data. And from my research, this is used a lot in healthcare uh, because medical data is very sensitive, or at least it was before 2020. Um, this was used a lot in healthcare to protect that data, but also to have people move it around and update it. So... For example, predictive ana analytics in healthcare can be hard to apply via third-party uh, service providers due to medical data privacy, privacy concerns. But if the predictive analytics service provider can operate on encrypted data instead, these privacy concerns are diminished. Moreover, even if the service provider has their system compromised, the data would remain secure. So that's amazing. That's really amazing. So you could be compromised which in Ethereum you're automatically compromised for the most part, as far as I understand, and your data remains secure. So it's very secure. Very secure. Homomorphic encryption can be used for privacy-preserving outsourced storage and computation. So you can outsource this stuff to commercial cloud environments for processing, all while being encrypted. So pretty potential, pretty exciting stuff that has a lot of potential. So, yeah, cool. Um, and I know you guys are commenting on the ad blockers. I know, man. I already had the tabs pulled up. I was going to switch over. At some point, we're going to go to Brave. We're going to go to some of these other things, or maybe I'll get an ad blocker. Again, I'm not that tech-savvy of a guy. But we're working. We're working. Homomorphic encryption has the potential to secure data stored in the cloud enable data analytics in a regulated industry and could even be deployed in electronic voting systems to ensure privacy. Now, that's pretty key. Don't we need some of that? Um, right? So this could actually be preferred by a lot of industry participants to something like Ethereum because of the homomorphic encryption technology, which protects data more so than its competitors like Ethereum or whatever. And so this is a very competitive currency, not only because it's private, uh, but because it's more secure. The data is more secure through this homomorphic encryption. So FHE and smart contracts could be a game changer. So fully homomorphic encryption is an exciting enough development in and of itself, but when combined with blockchain technology, and in particular smart contracts, the potential is absolutely huge. Dara's upcoming release called Stargate incorporates 
that technology into smart contracts, allowing not just data to be encrypted, but all elements of a smart contract offering the greatest level of privacy yet for blockchain operations. So just so you can get a picture, that is what the promise is here. There's just a lot of potential. A lot of potential. So what else do I want to get to? I think that's, for the most part, it. How long have I been rambling for about this? Almost an hour. Perfect. So let me see if there's anything else I want to talk about. If you want to get a wallet, uh, you know, you have to get the web wallet. I mean, you can get the command line wallet. Again, I'm not tech savvy, so I use a web wallet. As some of you have probably seen, it's like one of my tabs or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping they come out with another wallet soon, which is on the web. I think they're working on that. But uh, that's the way to go for now, ladies and gentlemen. It's the web wallet, in my opinion. And I haven't had too much trouble with it. I've had a little bit of trouble where it's like, if I'm trying to get it open on my phone, like sometimes it reloads all the time. Now, I don't know why that's the case. Like, I'll literally be in the web wallet, and then all of a sudden, it'll just reload. And then I'll try to sign in again. And before I sign in, it reloads again. Now, I don't know what the issue is with that. I don't know if it's because of the Brave browser or whatever. Uh, but that's an issue that I've had with it. But nevertheless, that's just what you want to use for now until they come out with something better. Um, and that's key right here. Fully auditable supply. People have trouble with that with other private cryptos. They claim to have solved that problem. So that's all I want to say, guys. Uh, this is a good hour of content. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you leave comments and let me know what you think about all this stuff because this seems really promising. And if they really pull this off, ladies and gentlemen, not only will you have Darrow, which will be a private crypto in and of itself, right, because of the ring signatures and the privacy elements of this, not only are you going to have a fast private crypto standing on its own, but you're going to have private DeFi, private smart contracts. And some people have mentioned that you're going to be able to do private NFTs on this stuff. As for me, I don't understand the whole NFT thing at all. Personally, it seems like a total crazy kooky uh, craze. But uh, yeah, you could do that, I guess, as well with this stuff. Now, I'm not sure why anyone would want to have private NFTs. Please explain that to me because I thought the whole point of an NFT was to show off the fact that you own it, right? I thought it was like a peacocking type of thing. But you guys let me know. But there's a lot of potential here. Homomorphic encryption, uh, the DAG block structure, um, its intrinsic privacy with smart contracts, and the security of the network through the P2P thing. I mean, just crazy stuff going on with this. The Astro BWT mining setup which is very egalitarian. From what I've heard, you can mine this stuff with your phone. And somebody had even made the claim, I'd written this down, that the entire network could be secured with mobile devices. I mean, that's how confident that they are about all this. Now, somebody had also made a claim that you could get up to 750 transactions per second. Now, I've talked about this with other smart crypto people that I know. Uh, as far as they can uh, conceive... You're going to have to wait for better computer technology to come out and more bandwidth in order to get up to that 750 transaction per second mark. That's just what they say. I don't know if that's the case. If you want to rebut that argument, let me know. But that seems to be one of the limits for the scalability of Monero, uh, for instance. Uh, we need better computational power. We need more bandwidth in order to adequately take advantage of a lot of the scalability which is intrinsic within the code with dynamic block size and everything like that so 
I'm not sure how uh, necessary powerful computing technologies are for the success of Darrow and its scalability to get up to 750 transactions per second. I'd like to see that. Um, but let me know, again, what your thoughts on that are. I want this to be a conversation. I just want to present the data to you guys so that you can get an idea as to what we're dealing with here. So this is some pretty interesting stuff. Thank you for the Dara Discord bros uh, for helping me out with some of the questions that I had. Thank you for everyone who had written these articles. And for some of you who have sent me articles on this through ProtonMail, you know who you are. Um, I appreciate it. So this is an interesting project. Let me know what you guys think about this. I think there is some potential here. And so that is it, guys. My name is Matteo. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, and please look out for our later videos. We love the Freedom Coin Covenant what we call the privacy coins that we like. Monero, Darrow, Pirate Chain, Xano is an interesting thing. Uh, some interesting things going on with Concealed Network as well and some other coins. Haven. Ah, how can I forget Haven? People get mad at me for like leaving coins out. It's like, bro, I'm trying to include everyone. I mean, everyone's doing cool work. We should support everyone who is on track to making our world a more free place because the real deal is they have control over the money supply and if we could take the money back, ladies and gentlemen, we could really move forward to... A world that is brighter and better and so that should be the goal and thank you for everyone who's working on the darrow blockchain to make that happen so that's all i want to say Mateo. we'll see you guys next time god bless